Welcome to On Water, the Session Magazine podcast. Here we talk to water athletes, entrepreneurs, scientists, and earth-friendly folks about the experience of a life well-lived connected to water. I'm your host, Evelyn O'Doherty. Let's dive in. World Tour. The day started like any other day. Coffee, meditation, checking emails. Opening one from Tristan Boxford of the APP World Tour, I was hopeful. I'd been casting about looking for some freelance work, and the APP was on the top of my list. We'd love to have you come work for us, said the email. Yes, I'll come. I was so excited. So started a year of running with the pack, as I like to call it, or touring the globe with the APP World Tour. My job? Content writer, press release developer, PR, and social media. Heady, fast, and fun. First stop was the London SUP Open, the Thames River Race. Arriving in London for our first stop in July, Tristan's text said, We'll have someone come get you. And then later, another text. No one's coming to get you. You'll need to take the metro. This became my MO for finding my way around a strange city, carting luggage and asking directions from hurrying, friendly-looking strangers. Let the adventure begin, I say. After four metro connections, including a transfer, at London's famous Paddington Station and a ride on the tube, I arrived in East London down by the Royal Docks the APP's first venue for that year. Checking in at the Good Hotel, a floating barge that was, true story, a prison barge transformed into a high-end, eco-conscious luxury hotel that overlooked the Royal Victoria docks. They told me there had been some mistake in my reservation, and they had to upgrade me. Sweet. Back on the street, I navigated my way to the opening night party in London, conveniently held in a sports bar with the World Cup soccer on tap. Kai Lenny, Michael Booth, and Mo Fridas were among the athletes mingling and enjoying the boisterous gathering surrounding the cup. Tristan Boxford, CEO of the World Tour, announced the kickoff for the 2018 racing season, and I found an Uber to take me back to my luxury prison barge room. The following day, athletes lined up on the Thames River for a four-mile race ending at the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben. Another mix-up, and there was no room for me in the media boat. I was dropped into the VIP Zodiac, where I immediately met the investors of the tour and began a play-by-play action for them as the race began. Traveling on the Thames on a sunny day, watching the elite athletes in stand-up paddling charge through two quicksilver buoys at the finish line outside the Houses of Parliament made for a pretty surreal morning outing. Michael Booth and Arthur Arutkin battled it down the river for the men. Eventually, Boothy pulled away near the Battersea Power Station. Do you remember that Pink Floyd album cover? And outstripped the competition in a show of fitness and performance. 
the women's race was a race between Japan's powerhouse, Yuka Sato, and the dynamic young super flash Shay Foudy from California. She latched on to the back of Yuka's board like a pit bull, but was unable to outpower the performance of Yuka's incredible strength and tenacity. The next day was the London Sprints. The following day dawned hot. Nobody could believe this was London as temperatures climbed into the 80s and then into the low 90s in the sheltered settings of the Royal Victoria docks where the sprint and distant races were to be held. A four-turn buoy course in direct view of the crowds with a colorful Red Bull arch at the finish made for an incredible fast-paced event. Kai Lenny, Unbagging an infinity blackfish for the first time since his departure from Nash created a huge stir in the crowd. Was Kai riding for infinity now? But the young Hawaiian kept mum about his standings and sponsorship, only saying that he was grateful to infinity for lending him aboard for the event. Intriguing. But then on the start line, no one saw it coming. Kai's finish the day before had been a disappointing sixth. His focus and training for the WSL Big Wave Tour had clearly impacted his racing style. So on sprint day, we took our eye off of him. Bad idea. From the start line, Kai exploded in every heat, looking every bit like the world champion racer he is. Advancing through the rounds, Kai kept the heat on and raised the bar in every athlete's performance and finish times setting a blistering pace that even Casper Steinfath struggled to match. In true VIP fashion, viewing the race from the rooftop bar of the Good Hotel, which overlooked the sprint races, were high-octane good times for me and other lucky spectators. Down to the final, it was Kai and Casper, indisputably two of the finest sprint racers in stand-up paddle history, duking it out in the London's heat. Kai was unmatched that day. Even Casper was grinning in disbelief. On the women's side, young Shay Foudy turned it up a notch to dominate the sprint heats. Monka Notar, Candace Appleby, and Yuka Sato all gave chase, but the legend of Flash Foudy had begun, placing her personal stamp on the tour by winning the overall win in London. The next stop was the New York Sup Open race around the Statue of Liberty. New York City was the next stop on the stand-up paddle racing tour and the first stop for the APP World Surfing Tour. A native New Yorker myself, I was beyond excited at the thought of the world's best racers and elite surfers coming to town. How were the APP World Directors going to pull off the promised race around the Statue of Liberty on the tip of Manhattan Island? Some of the most heavily trafficked waters, which included... Huge barges and container ships coming to port, ferries, private watercraft, and the infamous Circle Line Ferry, which tours passengers around the sites of Manhattan. Race day dawned, and it was on. I had signed up to participate in the Pro-Am race, despite a nagging back injury that had been plaguing me since the Carolina Cup. Navigating a race board around Battery Park, drop-off and car parking were all well handled by the APP team. Stepping out of my truck, I bumped smack into Zane Schweitzer and Mo Friedis here in New York City. That stoke was real. The registration and athlete's tent were riddled with massive talent in the sport of sup racing. Connor Baxter, 
Arthur Rootkin, Danny Ching, Michael Booth, Travis Grant, Casper Steinfath, and Kai Lenny were here on hand for the men. Six-time BOP and PPG winner Candace Appleby, Tareen Black, Shay Foudy, and Annie Reichert were present for the women. It was quite an impressive lineup. The gun went off and the pros fired off the start line. The Pro-Am division in which I was competing was next. The Statue of Liberty course consisted of starting at Battery Park on the Battery Park side of Manhattan, immediately crossing the Hudson River to paddle around the backside of Lady Liberty in Ellis Island, then back out into the maelstrom of the Hudson, around the front of the Statue of Liberty to cross the river again and return to the marina for the finish. All in all, six or so miles of wild river, epic river crossings, current, boat traffic, mayhem, and much, much more. And the APP did it. Every nuance of that race was well-controlled and staffed by safety boats, jet skis, and patrols to watch out for the paddlers. If a large barge was coming through, a patrol boat would hold up racers until it safely passed. At the river crossings, there were several pairs of eyes checking for safety and clear passage. It was, quite simply, one of the most organized and best executed events I've ever seen. My greatest moment? Looking up from the front of my board as I crossed in front of Lady Liberty was to see the tip of Manhattan's downtown skyline from my paddleboard with all the energy, chaos, and turbulent water that moment entailed. I literally could not believe I was doing this. Arthur Rootkin crushed the Statue of Liberty race, followed by Michael Booth and Travis Grant. Candace found her stride and ripped through the course, leaving both her teammate Shay Foudy and friend Tareen Black in her wake. The queen had re-risen, and we knew the chase was on for the world title in both the men's and women's divisions. A few days later, the sprint races, second part of the New York SUP Open in New York, were held in Long Beach on a stormy, unsettled, four-to-five-foot heaving ocean swell. Each round held stacked talent. The M-shaped course holding three buoys, including the legendary Hammer Buoy, located in the surf zone. As APP organizers eyed the skies for lightning, the men charged through the three-foot choppy swells to the first turn, followed by a potential surf to the hammer and out again to the third buoy before coming back to the beach. Exchanging places throughout the men's final round, it looked like anybody could win it. Kai took the wide line looking for the rip current sweep that had benefited Zane in an earlier heat. Mo, Connor, and Boothie took the direct line that had served them well. Connor's final run to the beach was one wave in front of the pack. As he leapt off his board onto the sand, he displayed once again those Hawaiian skills deep in his being and crossed the finish line uncontested. Tareen Black Fighting for position among a focused Candace Appleby and a fiery Shea Foudy used her lifeguarding skills to read the water and took the sweep to claim her win for the sprints that day. All in all, a very exciting day for racing. Our next stop was the Paris Sup Open, the sup racing amid the riots and the crowning of the world champion. Arriving in Paris Friday mid-morning, right before the Christmas holidays, and amid the rising protest of the Yellow Vest Rebellion, I had my eyes and ears peeled for possible trouble. 
The protests had been escalating. Tear gas had been used by the police the weekend before to quell protesters' violent outbreaks. And the APP World Tour was set to run an eight-mile adventure race along the Seine River, right through the heart of it all. Upon my arrival, there was the usual confusion about where I was staying. I've learned to just enjoy it all and go with the flow. This was a great lesson for me as I roam around this world with this pack of highly talented and skilled troubadours who are literally raising the level of the sport of stand-up paddling to a new platform. The holiday decorations in Paris were precious. The chocolate was good. What do I care about where I'm sleeping? They'll figure it out. And so they did. On Saturday morning, my roommate Janet and I were up at 5 a.m. watching the news. The hype around the protests was reaching an all-time high. The president of France was ordering people to stay off the streets in order to quell the protests. Janet and I jumped into an Uber to get to the Salon Natique for the start of the sprint races. Arriving at the venue, we were quickly frisked and brought inside to a whole other dimension. Where the outside may have been rife with tension, the Salon Nautique boat show was a vast display of positive consumerism and focus. The indoor sprint pool for the APP World Tour event was set off to one side in this massive indoor arena. The new indoor sprint format called for two athletes at a time to race head-to-head starting at opposite ends of the sprint pool. Each racer sprints the length of the pool, spins a tight radius under the APP arch, and crisscrosses back through the middle section to do the same lap down the opposite side. A full dog-on-dog sprint up the middle determined each heat's winner. It was going to be in close quarters with the public, who were literally hanging over the edge of the pool, cheering. What a ride. The APP had a new job for me that day run all of their social media platforms. Okay. I didn't know how to do that. But thankfully, Dylan Roberts was there, young enough and hip enough to show me what I needed to know in the 30 seconds I had to figure it all out. Thanks, Dylan. Always trust the youth to teach you what you need to know. The heat started. I was running around the pool looking for optimal angles to shoot before I decided to just sit on the stage where racers entered and exited the waters, getting splashed in the process, but also getting to see, hear, and feel their excitement and the energy of the event. Our world-class athletes are all-time gentlemen and gentlewomen. Even in moments like this, with a reputation and world title on the line, these men and women are hopeful, positive, and unfailingly polite. I could not hold them in any higher regard. All of them were grateful for how Tristan was running the event. All of them said thank you of any request made of them. Every single one of them left everything they had on the water. It was super fun to watch. The highlights included Casper Steinfath, who clearly had designs on the world title as he entered the water heat after heat and turned it up a notch. Heat times dropped and then dropped again. Casper and Arthur Rutkin led the charge by demanding more of themselves and of each other as they squared off again and again against their opponents in this man-on-man setting that made the crowd roar. In the end, Arthur edged out Casper 
by a mere 0.26 hundredths of a second in the final heat. That was one to be remembered. Young Shay Foudy had to face down her mentor and teammate, Candace Appleby. Knowing how much they trained together and how close the two of them were, I understood how hard it was for Shay to get her game face on when, in the semifinal, she had to face Candace in what could be the deciding heat for the world title. But Shay turned it on. Focused and sure of herself, Shay burned through her heat with victory on her mind. It was a moment to remember. She had faced down her master. What a show. The final event for the APP World Racing Tour was the Paris Sup Open, an eight-mile race along the Seine River, past the Eiffel Tower and Notre Dame, to finish among 800 paddlers. That's right. The Paris Sup Open, formerly known as the Paris Crossing, is the largest sup event on the planet. 800 racers had signed up to compete in this world record event. And by coincidence, the rash guards they were to wear were the color yellow. Remember the protests? My roommate Janet and I found it pretty alarming that the largest sup race in the world was going to have paddlers wearing the same color as the yellow vest protesters who had made a crime scene out of the Arc de Triomphe the day before. Would the paddlers be safe? Since it was impossible to get 800 rash guards in a different color overnight, the APP World Tour decided, let's roll with it. The pros wore pink. The pro-am and recreational paddlers who represented the Parisian multitudes and visitors from out of town donned the yellow. So be it. We arrived to a pre-dawn site like no others on the dock where the race was to be held. Boards by the hundreds were lined up at the water's edge. Individuals everywhere were making last-minute decisions about what to wear in the 40-degree temperatures, and it was raining. Floodlights reflected on the water. The mood was jovial. The show would go on, and racers were excited. I don't know if there were 800 people on the start line or not, but I do know that the sea of yellow rash guards was definitely out there, happy, excited, and fully ready. We are paddlers of peace, I heard one participant say as he entered the water, referencing the yellow vest protests the day before. I got chills not related to the cold. These paddlers were a movement on the water indeed. The Paris Sup Open racers were making a statement of a very different kind by showing up, putting on those yellow rash guards, and paddling the Seine River in the midst of a national protest. They were, in my book, paddlers for peace. The race itself was out of my sight because... The media boat had left without me. All good. I was texting back and forth with Tristan as he sent me photos from the pro race to update the Instagram and Facebook social media profiles. I felt like I was in the action, sort of. Janet and I went to the finish line. Actually, we had to hitch a ride because we had no means of transportation. But resourceful as we had become, we found a way. Learned some French on the way, too. There, at the finish, we saw an extraordinary sight of wave after wave of paddlers bearing down on the final buoy. The crowd gathered to cheer them in. Parisians are proud people, and they should be. 
Their city is one of the finest, and their people truly cultured. On this day, they were extra proud of the spectacle they had created on the water. 800 Paddlers for Peace. It was truly extraordinary. This race also determined the world title for SUP racing. Arthur Rutkin, coming home to France, had made it his personal statement to win the world champion at the Paris SUP Open. His performance in both New York and London had set him up nicely to take the title. His focus and lethal drive were readily apparent to any who witnessed this young fanatic team rider as he charged down the length of the sprint pool, capsizing Caspar Steinfath's chance at winning the title. The following day on the Seine, Arthur, a hometown Frenchman in front of his fans, captured France's first world title for the APP World Racing Tour. In that same race, Shea Foudy bested her mentor to capture the lead. Coming to France, Shea was winning over Candace in the rankings by only a small margin. Her decisive win in the sprints kept her ahead for the final race on the Seine. All Shea had to do was stay ahead of Candace and cross the finish line before her. It came down to the wire. Yuka Sato broke away to establish a clear lead, and Shea forged out in front of her mentor. Stroke for stroke, with Suzak Molinier in their midst, the two Infinity team riders had their eyes only on each other. Shea's time had come. Her resolve was unshakable. She finished one place in front of Candace, in a testament to her strength and commitment to victory. The 19-year-old from California had just become an APP world champion. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On Water. We certainly love bringing the myriad and diverse group of characters from our water community to you to share their experiences. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. This podcast grows out of the publication of our quarterly print magazine, Session. Session celebrates the ways in which we all, as water lovers, engage in our world's aquatic playgrounds, from surfing to foiling, kiting, stand-up paddling, and more. We encourage you to visit our website at www.session.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.